This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. I'm so thrilled to have Misha Mathis today. Misha is the wife of Tim Mathis, head football coach for Cumberland University. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Misha, you're the president of the American Football Coaches Wives Association. Tell me a little bit about this organization and when you started leading in that organization. This organization is an amazing support group. We offer support for all coaches' wives, no matter your level, how involved you are. You know, there are a lot of wives who are embracing their husband's job and they love being part of the team and doing, you know, hosting the the dinners for players. Some are learning to embrace it and some really don't really embrace it at all. And that's all okay because we all come from different places. And so what we try to do is offer support for all women that are involved, you know, their husbands are coaches or, um, you know, some support in the football. So that's really our, our goal. Um, and I became involved. My husband was a coach and went to his first AFCA and he comes back and he says, okay, at convention, there was a lot of saying, you're totally into that. I know you've got to go next year. And so it just kind of started from there. So I don't even remember the exact year of that, but I would say about 10 years. And um, just as I was involved, I thought, you know, this is such a great service. Um, and I want to give back because I've had so many people, you know, pour into me that I want to be able to do that. Uh, and so it just kind of grew. I volunteered at conventions and then eventually um, was chosen or allowed to be part of the board. And it just kind of grew from there. So I'm super honored to represent um, the AFCWA and all that it stands for. You mentioned it each year, your team puts on a phenomenal convention corresponding at the same time as the AFCA convention. What events and speakers have you seen the years past? And do you have anything scheduled yet or any ideas of what's going to look like this January? In the past, we've had um, speakers, Barbara Dooley, uh, Coach Vince Dooley's wife, spoke, which she's a phenomenal speaker. We've had refs come, and that was a really fun time because they kind of, you know, gave us their aspect and taught, taught some of us a little bit more about the rules. Um, we've had Home Depot come and kind of give us, you know, pointers on how to fix small things around the house because we've all had to do that. Um, so we've just had a very thing. We try to change it up. Um, each year. And so we're really working hard right now. We're really getting started on it. Uh, I don't really have the schedule or the speakers yet, but I know it's going to be great. The ladies that we have that work on our programs are going to be amazing at it. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we come up with. I enjoyed being a part of it last year. It was a lot of fun. And it was actually my first year to get to go. It was just uh, from my work schedule and then having young kids. It was something that I'm like, okay, from this point on, I mean, I don't care what's going on. We've got to find a way to get there. So I would encourage all wives to be a part of it. It made a difference. I made some connections with wives that I hadn't ever before or people kind of just going through the same things. My husband and I always kind of treat it now as this is our reward for surviving football season. When our kids were little, my parents would take care of them and we would go and it'd be, you know, a few days and we'd both be busy, but it'd be time away. Um, And like you say, just finding people who understand what you're going through. I'll never forget the time 
in one of the sessions that I was in my first or second year, there's somebody that, Oh, don't you love when they ask, what do you do? The, what did your husband do the rest of the year? <laughs> yeah, and you exactly. know, everybody laughed. And I was like, so it's not just me that, that doesn't think that it's just football season, that it's an all year thing. So just having somebody go, yes, I hear the same thing and I feel the same thing. It made me feel so much better. I was like, okay, we're all in this together. <laughs> we're all at different levels, different schools, but as women, we are all in this together. Absolutely. And one thing I think that you guys, or we did last year, is a community service project, which is getting to go to the children's hospital in that town. And yes. wow, powerful. Um, my daughter, as some of us know, has spent a lot of time in children's hospital. And so that was neat to be on the other side of it. Um, and right. I'm visiting and doing it with a group of women that um, just have a unique and, and very special perspective. It was very unifying and it was just... Is really, really neat time for all of us. I'm so glad you got to do that. It is, you know, I went one of my first years, I work in healthcare. And so, I, you know, that kind of has a special place in my heart. So getting to go and be on the side where I'm not giving the medical care, but more of the happiness and support that way was great. I, it is a service that we do every year. Um, and so we'll be happy to obviously continue that this year when we're in Nashville and Vanderbilt University Medical Center, the Children's Hospital there in Monroe Carroll. I'm sure they'll be so excited to have all of us there. Great, great place. So let's talk about your road to Cumberland University. Where did it start? Wow. Okay. So Tim um, started coaching uh, at a high school about 30 minutes from our hometown, uh, which is actually where we both ended up after college. And was there for several years, and then we had um, our first child, Abby. And then he's like, you know what? I just I feel like I need to do something different for a little while. So he got out of coaching, but that only lasted about a year and a half or two years. And it, it definitely was on his heart that he he wanted and needed to get back into it. Um, and coincidentally, at the time, one of the colleges in town was starting a football team from scratch. Never had a football team. A friend of his had put him in contact with that head coach, and at first it was going to be a volunteer position, but, you know, he felt so strongly that's where he needed to be that we're like, all right, we'll make this work. We'll figure this out, and um, just as circumstances happen, the guy that was going to take the offensive line job did not take it, and the coach offered it to Tim, and so he was there, and, it, you know, it was an amazing experience. We were there for 10 years, wow. so our kids basically grew up there. Um, which was an amazing experience for them. I mean, you could ask them. They both loved it. They had the run of the campus. They still call some of the guys their big brothers. But So he was there for 10 years. Um, things were changing. He, you know, wanted to move up. And he had been offensive line. He'd been recruiting coordinator, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, but really wanted to, to you know, give head coaching a shot. So he got a job in Florida. <laughs> Right after we sold our house and had signed a lease for another one. Oh, my goodness. Our yeah. So our daughter was an upcoming junior. Our son was um, an upcoming freshman. And we had always, from the time he started, said, okay, we'll look at each opportunity, where we're at as a family, and decide what's best for us. So he had the opportunity. Um, our daughter, super involved in things with school. She's cheerleader. Um, student council, all those kinds of things at the time. And she said, look, if you tell me we need to move, I'll move. I really don't want to, but I'll do what we need to do. So Tim's like, absolutely, we're not making her move. 
this was, he got the job in June. So it was about six weeks before school started. Mm. Um, so we, he had family down there. So he, we're like, you know what, we'll just do this for a year. We'll see how it works. We'll see if that's the right fit for us. Is that where we move? And so we did that. And that was a very hard year. But during that, I think we all became more intentional. Mm. So we learned from it. So at the end of that year, he had a head job offering closer to home. So he came back home and was there for two seasons. And then just recently, last February, so 2018, um, was offered the head job at Cumberland. So this is the first time we're going to have to move every other time. And he moved the one year to Florida, but the rest of the time we've never had to move from our home. So this is a new experience as we travel down this road. How exciting. Exciting and nervous all at the same time, but yes. <laughs> now, uh, before I get to the favorite question every woman loves to hear about how we meet our man, uh, let's talk about you specifically. So we're going back in time. We're going backwards, peeling back the layers here. Where did you grow up? And did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? I actually, my dad was in the military um, for the first, I think, six months of my life. So I didn't have to move around a lot from that. He was stationed in North Carolina. I was born there. After he left the military, we came to Rome, which was home for both my mom and my dad. Um, And so I grew up here. It's where I'm still at, at least for another four or five days. And so (laughs) I've never other than going to school, I've never moved. Um, So I'm kind of stepping out on faith a lot with this upcoming move. Um, You know, I never really saw myself as a coach's wife. I didn't, I don't know what I saw myself as. um, But as Tim got into coaching, it felt so natural that, you know, just like it's his calling, I feel like it's my calling too. And when we started dating, he had originally not planned on being a coach. When he went to college, I was, a, he was going to be a business major. So I thought that's where we're headed. And about a year and a half into it, he goes, no, I'm going to be a coach. His dad was a coach. So. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, so like a year and a half in, into college, he goes, yeah, I, I don't want to do business. I want to coach. So I was like, okay, that's, that's where we're going. So I'm guessing you met in college or do you know, how did you meet him? We actually met probably in middle school, but we became <gasps> oh. friends in high school and um, started dating my junior year. He is, he graduated a year after me, but um, so we started dating my junior year in high school and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> wow. How many years together? Let's see. He says he gets comp time for the time that we dated, um, <laughs> but we married in 95. So this year will be 24 years. Wow. And we started dating in 88. He claims that time. So I'll, okay. I'll let him claim that. Awesome. I love it. And you mentioned you have children. How many in names and ages? Yes, we have two. Abby is our daughter. She is 20. She is at Georgia Southern. Um, and she is a middle grade education major, but actually works with the football team in a volunteer um, role that she loves. Um, Hunter is our son. He just graduated high school a couple of weeks ago, so he's 18. And he's actually going to be attending Cumberland where Tim is at and is going to be able to play soccer up there. So he's the reason that, that he and I stayed back to let him graduate because he'd never had to move. It seemed unfair to 
uproot him his senior year. Your husband on the field has been an OC of a top 10 offense in all of D2, now as a head coach. But from your eyes, though, what do you think makes Tim Mathis special? I think it's the same thing that makes many of the coaches that we all know special. It's a passion. It's a passion for the kids, for the game. Um, I think, you know, yes, they all know football and they all run their own offensive schemes, but it's the passion for the kids that I think gets the kids to buy in. Um, You know, we're at NAIA, uh, so we're able to get to know the kids a lot. There's not all the outside noise, I think, that comes when you're at at, at a D1 level, per se. Um, So I think it's just a passion. What do you think has been some of the toughest adversity you two have faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? I know no coaching family has had just a perfect, easy road. Life just will throw you something. Is there something that you guys have overcome as a coaching couple? I think our biggest adversity was the year that he was in Florida. Um, our kids were in high school. You know, he was seven hours away. Football season, I think we saw him twice. Um, and it was hard because one thing, just, you know, him being away, dad being away, my husband being away, but also we'd always been so involved with the team, going to practices, eating at the calf with them, um, and we weren't able to do that, so that was a difficult year all in all. Now, when we did go down, the, the community embraced us when we were down there, but it just was different, um, and then just being the distance away from family, um, that was our big biggest adversity. Definitely. Do you think you've changed as a result of that in any way? I mean, you mentioned you're more intentional now. You cherish those moments you have together. I think we all have the tendency in day-to-day life not to um, hold on to the, you know, moments that aren't aren't necessarily an event. You know, just sitting together watching Jeopardy, you know, challenging each other on Wheel of Fortune, something like that those things became so big in our lives because when we were all together, we were all together. We weren't, you know, on phones. We weren't, um, Hey, I'm going to go here. I am going to go there. We were very intentional with any time that we had both the kids and Tim, Tim and myself, all of us as a family. There's some practical things that you did to try to stay connected. Was it FaceTime or try to get down there as much as you can? What were some of the things you did to try to stay close? Both. Um, Every morning he would text me on his way in because he had to drive into work. So every morning he would text me or call me on his way in. And so that was our time because actually would correspond with when I was going into work. So we would have, you know, a five minute conversation that was just us. So I could talk about, you know, hey, listen, maybe you need to talk to Hunter about this or Abby's having a rough time. Maybe you can call her later. So that was a good thing that he and I did every morning. Um, And then text. We actually came up with a family group text, which is still some of my favorite conversations we've ever had because, Mm. you know, our kids were older, so they were funny. Um, You know, it wasn't always, hey, mom, don't forget the milk on the way home. It was, you know, just a lot of communication and the fact that it was a family text and everybody was in on it. That does make it fun. There is nothing like a good family text. Oh my gosh, they're so funny. (laughs) I think coaching families, I hear the coaching families because there's, I think it makes us closer at times because there's so many people kind of pulling on us or pulling on dad a lot. And 
I don't know. We, we kind of buckle down and get tight, you know, and it's pretty fun. Yes. Yes, exactly. Do you feel like you see others a little differently now? I mean, or maybe it'll come when you're, when you make the location change and, and you see another wife that's having to live far away. Do you think it makes you more aware? I think it does. And I think it allows you to look outside yourself and realize that so many people don't have quote traditional circumstances. You know, most of us grew up with mom and dad at home there during the week. Nobody's really traveled or did much. You know, dad wasn't away from home, or at least that's how it was for me. So when Tim took the job in Florida, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to sound so weird to people. Like, no, like we're not living together, but it's not that we're not living together. Right. It's just locationally different. Um, and that's where like, I actually reached out to some on our AFCWA's Facebook page and said, all right, I can't be the only one. Somebody's got to have some tips for me. And the number of women that contacted me and I realized I was not this outlier, this, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe your husband lived away from you. I think just going through that, I, anytime I hear somebody's husband is moving away and, and they're not joining them for a few months or a year or whatever, I'm like, hey, look, you can do it. This is, you can do it. This is how, you know, how we did it. You'll find what works for you and just know that you're normal. I mean, it happens. It sure does. Absolutely. Now, one thing I was pretty excited about talking to you about is your career. Uh, you're a physician assistant in surgery. So when did you know you wanted to go into medicine? You know, I always thought about it growing up. And then I convinced myself that I wanted to be an elementary school teacher and did that, uh, you know, my first year in college. And then just, you know, was not as passionate about that as I wanted to be. And remembered that we had had someone come speak to us in high school about different health careers. And one of the ones was a physician assistant. So I started doing more research into that. And I'm like, you know what, this is really what I want to do. Um, it was the medical part, but I was part of a team because I work with a physician. And I kind of felt like I could be the one that was a little more personal with the patient. I wasn't doctor so-and-so. I'm just Misha. So I find, at least in, in my job, a lot of times they'll ask me questions. They don't want to ask the doctor because they're embarrassed or they're like, oh, I don't want to take his time. But, you know, if they're asking the question, they're nervous about something. And so part of my job is to help them feel comfortable. At least that's how I see it. And so just being able to be personal with them is an amazing part of my job. So what do you do on a daily basis as far as do you work at a, a clinic or a surgery center or a hospital? Kind of all of the above. We work in surgery four days a week, and then we have clinic um, three half days a week. So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm not, we have two hospitals. Some days I'm at one and some days I'm at the other, um, and then office kind of in between. So it's a little bit of everything. So it keeps it interesting. I don't ever feel like I'm just in a rut because every day is different. Is it general surgery or is there a specific area you work on? It is. It's general surgery. And at least in our area for general surgery, it's a wide variety. Um, I know in a lot of the larger cities, um, a lot of surgeons are very specialized, more so than just, say, orthopedics and vascular. But we do general surgery. So we do a little bit of everything. Um, we do oncology or cancer surgery, hernia surgery, a little bit of everything, which also keeps it interesting. I bet you're a nice resource for your husband to have around as well when, you know, I know that we have trainers and all that that go along with our football programs, but just to kind of get a quick, hey, what is that? Is that going to, is he going to be out? How's he going to do with this? Or, you know, just some insight into recovery. 
Yes, and we actually one time one of his players that he was super close with had appendicitis, and we were taking care of him. And it was it was good because he was away from home. But I'm like, hey, look, I got you. Right. I'm right here. I'm going to talk to coach. We're good. We're going to take care of you. And so, you know, that was a special moment. I was glad that I was able to be there um, for this guy. He was a sweet guy with you know not a lot of support from his home. So just being able to kind of fill in all of those blanks for him was was very rewarding for me. What's the best thing you found that's worked being a working mom and a coach's wife? It's just sometimes it feels like there's a lot of weight on both scenarios, working mom full time and you're in surgery. It's not like you can just break away and answer a bunch of text quickly. Are there some things you've tried to do that you felt that has made all this work? We have always been blessed. Um, like I said before, that we've never had to move. So my family is here. Um, my mom and dad were very involved when the kids were little and, you know, I'm working late and Tim was working late that they could go get the kids or get them to a practice. So that was, um, you know, blessed. And I know that a lot of families don't have that. Um, I think one thing for Tim and I, both our jobs are unpredictable. Um, and just being able to appreciate that. So if he says he's going to be home in an hour, it may be an hour, it may be 30 minutes, it may be two hours. But I know that there's things out of his control. You know, the kid comes in that he really needs to talk to. They start talking about some play or, you know, whatever it may be. But the same thing in my job. I may think, oh, I'm on call. I've only got one more surgery. And then I've got two. And so when I said I'd be home for dinner, I'm not going to be home for dinner. We both would appreciate that the jobs were unpredictable, but that is what that is the way the jobs are. Um, and so I never felt like he you know, he would like, oh my gosh, you're never here. You know, you need to do this. Um, we really relied on, on family and friends to kind of help. Um, but just, you know, understanding that jobs aren't always predictable and you don't get to clock in at nine and leave at five. This is the toughest question I ask each and every week. And I don't think I'm going to change the question because I feel like I learned so much from the answers from this because everybody has their own spin on it. And this is where I'm going, I am going to just take notes every single week. And so it's hard because you have to brag on yourself and you seem very humble. So it's going to be tough. (laughs) Misha, you've been the backbone of a highly successful coach. So what few things do you think you've done that's contributed to the success of his career and your lives as a family? I think just showing love and grace. He always knew that home was the safe place. And while I may go, really, why did y'all run that play? He always knew that we were supporting him no matter what. Um, you know, each year we would, the kids and I especially, but, you know, he as well, we're like, okay, season's starting, we're a team. And so we're going to be the team and we're going to have each other's back. And it's just us, but we can do this. And so I think just creating that, you know, family unit even more so that we um, – we're responsible for each other and, you know, holding each other up. I think that was one of the things because, you know, obviously I can't tell him what play to run. I understand some football, but I won't pretend to know all of it, but just letting him know that, you know, we're proud of him and that he's doing it for the right reasons. And so I think that's how I tried to contribute. What do you think is the toughest job we have? What the toughest part about being a coach's wife? Honestly, I think hearing fans critique either the players or the coaches. And, you know, granted, everybody can have their opinion, and that is that is not the thing. But, you know, when it gets personal, um, 
that's hard because, you know, we know how much these guys put into it, both the players and the coaches. Um, you know, and sometimes when the fans are like, oh, they're running the same play, and we know they're not running the same right, play because right. we've watched it enough. Or they talk about don't run that play because you can't do that. And you're like, well, you know, it's your kid that missed the block. <laughs> right. But, you know, everybody's allowed to do that. We all do that, I'm sure, at sporting events, and that's fine. But, you know, it's hard. Um, and it was funny. I read an article when, gosh, the kids were fairly young. Abby was probably eight or nine, maybe a little older. And um, it was written by a coach's wife, and she said, you know, there are two things that everybody does better than anybody else, and that's one, coach, you know, call the plays, and number two, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and so she talked about how she and her family came up with a thing. They would just hold up the number two, and that was their symbol that everybody, you know, makes the great, greatest peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so I relayed that to our kids and Abby and I still to this day will be like, I bet they make the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so it's a tension breaker for us and just kind of puts it all back in perspective. So, you know, like I say, she's 20 and we still like even at games that she's not at and I'm texting her, she, you know, I may say, Oh my gosh, this fan is so negative about everything and she's like I bet they make a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich and so it just kind of brings it all back you know what they think they know and it's fine but that is the hardest thing because we do know what all 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 these people put into the team I couldn't agree more so do y'all have any traditions after a win do you cook do you go out do you order pizza when the kids were little we would uh, get a pizza and head home and just relax and believe it or not continue to watch college football um (laughs) because I mean what makes the Saturday without college football um and now um this last year we kind of started a new one and we would go eat Mexican at a restaurant that he had found um up in Lebanon so that's kind of our current tradition I'm sure it'll change over time but that's you know nothing special nothing specific um but just trying to have downtime with family and then if we had friends that came to the game hanging out with them there's a lot of pressure being a head coach's wife you have to be that sounding board for your husband or there's some things that you kind of remind Tim of during the ups and downs of coaching college football I always try to remind him that he is making a difference and it may not be that we see that difference every day um, we may not know what that difference is, but that he is making a difference in the in lives. Um, and that the school board doesn't always reflect that. You know, in a society where wins and losses are super important, just reminding him that there are other things that are more important. Um, I try to remind him, too, that he can only do so much. And by that, I mean, you know, he's currently the head coach and he is responsible, but he's also coaching teenagers. Um, and anybody who knows teenage boys, you never really know who's going to show up on the field. You know, they may have had a bad test. Their girlfriend at home may have broke up with them. They are going through a lot, and um, rightfully so. It, their performance on the field may not be what we'd want it to be. But, you know, just reminding them that we just got to keep pouring into these guys um, and that that's what it's all about. Do you have someone that you call on tough days yourself? Do you have kind of a mentor in this business or do you have a group of girls that you call and go, Hey, it's been one of those days. Honestly, the people I call on are people I've met through AFCWA. Um, Tim's first head coach's wife and, and the head coach's wife's mom. I, I joke with them that they truly, you know, help set the example and that I always wanted to be like them and they set the bar pretty high. 
Um, when we were at Shorter, many people know Janie Jones and, and Phil Jones. They were our head coach and head coach's wife. And she was amazing. And so I learned so much from them. But um, as far as like a day-to-day, if something's going on, it's people I've met through AFCWA who I lean on. Um, and they're in all walks of life. They're high school, D1, NAI, all over the board. And because I think we all go through the same things. Just, you know, maybe a little bit different, but the same basic, you know, issues. We absolutely do. Different levels of football. We're all doing the basically the same thing, having the same adversity, having the same right. fears, you know, and the same. Exactly. Choice. It's, um, it's a unifying thing. Absolutely. So I know you enjoy reaching out to the players. You, you talked about being able to help one through surgery and things like that. I know you're excited about getting up to Lebanon. Are there some things that you do kind of a tradition uh, with the players? You guys have them over to eat or some things that you've done to reach out to them? Um, we have done that. When he, One of my goals always when he was a position coach was I wanted to learn all of their names and their families because to me that was just as important, getting to know their families and letting the moms know hey, look, I know you're sending your baby off to college, but we're here if he needs something, you know, no matter what it is. Um, so I like to get to know them. I, you know, I go by practice. Um, I'm learning photography. I've always taken pictures, but probably not a photographer. But it's amazing how college kids love to have their picture taken. Yes. So just going and doing that, and it's a good icebreaker um, for them. And to get to start talking to them because they're like, oh, hey, can you send that to me? And so it just gets a conversation started. Um, I always like to meet them after the games, no matter if it's a win or a loss, and just tell them, you know, look, you worked hard. We're proud of you. And then seeing them on campus, whether it's at the cafeteria, like when I would take the kids and we would go up there and eat, you know, just always trying to go, okay, hey, I know you. I might not remember your name, but I want to say hello, and I want you to know I know who you are. Um, I think that's an important thing. What is a task you've done that people may not realize would be the responsibility of a coach's wife? At least at the level that, that he's coached at, you know, setting up for camps and, you know, if we're having, you know, a, a campus function where we're going to have a lot of either recruits or players and helping, you know, set up the food lines for that. Just doing kind of the background work, um, decorating for things. Um, another thing that I think people don't always realize because we're so insulated in our lives, is that, you know, I've stood in um, for parents on senior day for kids whose parents couldn't come or didn't come or chose not to come. And, you know, these are kids and these are our kids, um, no matter if they were a defensive player or an offensive player. Um, So, you know, we've stood in there. You know, no matter the circumstances, just trying to be positive in the, you know, in the home. I think, you know, not everybody has to do that because you're not always having to build your husband up that, you know, because you don't know what goes on in his day-to-day life. As coaches wise, we know it's, you know, the scores are reported, the the scouting reports are out there. So just, you know, trying to be positive and keep things going there. Do you get any downtime at all? Sounds like you work a lot and you have a lot of responsibility to children and everything hypothetically, what would you be doing if you did have downtime? (laughs) When I do have a few moments of quiet, I like to read. But really, any downtime I have, especially now that we all live apart with our daughter, she's down in Statesboro, which is currently four four and a half hours away, and will be eight hours away almost, um, just trying to spend time with them. 
So any time that we have downtime that we can all be together, whether it's going to visit her or having her home and just getting to spend time together. What do you think is the most rewarding part about being a coach's wife? Without a doubt, relationships, whether that's with the players, um, the coaches, wives, I think the relationships that we develop, you know, are a sustaining force. Um, this is something Coach Jones really taught us. Um, he was the coach that, you know, had open door policy in the office and, you know, made it so that relationships, both family and players and coaches were important. Um, my kids still see some of the players that Tim coached when he was at Shorter as their big brothers. You know, they still talk about them. Um, and so just those sustaining relationships, I think, are, it has been most, the most, you know, rewarding part. And watching kids come in wide-eyed and scared because they're starting college and they're going to be playing football and just to watch them grow and know that that's because of the love that's been poured into them by their coaches. That is a, another huge rewarding thing for me. It's why we do this. Rapid fire questions for you. You ready? Okay, I'll try. <laughs> we usually do fast five and I extended it. Today we have nine. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, because these are fun. You said you like to read. So what's the last book you've read? Outlander. Oh, okay. Do you like it? It was good. Um, a friend convinced me to read it. And I was like, you know, I kept trying to read. I'm like, look, I don't do this time travel thing. So she's like, no, push through it. I promise you it's a great book. And you do. If you just keep reading, you totally, like, you know the time travel's there, but it's not a science fiction thing. So it's really good. Okay, she recommends. Coach surprises you and walks in the door with concert tickets. What do you think would be printed on that ticket? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Yes, I did love not, Bruno Mars. Did not expect that. So fun. Awesome. Okay. Everyone has a few things they might need to replace around the house. Maybe it's in your closet. Maybe it's in the kitchen. Maybe it's in the garage. What's the ugliest thing you own? It is a brown couch that absolutely will not be making the move. <laughs> Got it. It's seen its better days, huh? Oh, it definitely has. It has lived its life. It's done. It's <laughs> retiring. If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? This is always a tough question because... You know, you, I want to say Jesus, but I feel like I talk to him every day. So I think that's a great thing. But, you know, I think um, Audrey Hepburn, she was so full of grace and um, gave so much of herself and really kept a level head in a world that was hard to do. Um, so just kind of seeing how she approached that and what I could learn from her. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Scandal. <laughs> oh my gosh I can watch that all the time you lock your keys in the car you know your husband is at practice who is the first person you would call literally I would probably call my daughter first we became so close the year that he was gone that I would literally call her although she's four hours away and could do nothing <laughs> it would be one of those let me just tell you how my day is going let me tell you what just happened to me so it definitely would be my daughter if your husband wasn't a coach, what would he be? A history teacher. That was actually his major um, when he was, and that's what he taught when he was at high school level. And what sport can you beat Coach Mathis at? Probably not any, <laughs> but I do think one time in all of these years, I think I beat him in putt-putt. 
he will probably tell you I didn't, but that might be the only time I've ever picked him in a sport thing. Let's see, we could kind of extend sport here because maybe with your, you know, medical degree, we could say spelling bee gets on ESPN. You think you could maybe take him out in a spelling bee? If you added Jeopardy, I definitely could take him in that. Okay. Although he would argue that I couldn't, but I definitely think I could. (laughs) If your family had a theme song, what would that be? This is a hard one. Um, We a lot of times say no sleep till Brooklyn. Um, So I don't know if that actually would be our theme song because I don't think so. But that's just something that we say to each other because it was on one of the Wii games or something. <laughs> um, I don't know what our theme song would be. That's hard. That is hard. That I don't, is know, I don't hard. know what ours would be either. It's fun to think about though. That's it, gonna, is. it is. That's going to be in your group text tonight. I can tell. Yeah. I'm going to have to send that out and see, mm-hmm. see, see what their answers are. I'm a little nervous about some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. This has been incredible, Misha. Thank you so much for visiting with us today. A lot of great insight for fellow coaches' wives. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I I hope I've been able to help someone. Now tell me how someone can become a member of the AFCWA. Okay, our uh, website is afcwa.org. And on there, um, there is an area to click that will take you to our membership page. Um, New memberships start August 1st. So, you know, I'd encourage you to look us up on any social media. We have a Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Facebook. Um, You can reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to talk to anyone and and just, you know, let them know what all we have to offer and how I think everyone can benefit from it. Registration Um, opens for the convention probably towards the end of the year? We try to open it in September. Once we have a more set schedule of, you know, who the speakers are going to be, just so that we can put that out there so you know what you're signing up for. But I personally signed up every year without having any idea what the speakers were going to be because I just wanted to go hang out with the other wives. The the speakers are like a bonus for me. Absolutely. A fun weekend away for sure. Follow Misha on social media and the AFCWA account at AFCWA underscore org. Thanks so much for being a part of us. Thank you. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Life podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.